You're listening to the Bugcast, broadcasting from Studio B, from the heart of WBUG. Hi there, this is the Bug. Just want to remind you, if you want to reach me at any point in time, I can be reached via email at bugdom at yahoo.com. Bugdom at yahoo.com. Again, for questions, feedback, or just general information, bugdom at yahoo.com. That's one word. Hello and welcome to this week's late but great episode of podcast. Uh, today we're talking about something that is highly controversial in the world of audio reproduction. What do I mean by audio reproduction? Well, uh, in how you listen to music or any kind of audio for that matter. And some of the schools of thought, pros and cons, my personal stance, um, where you have the average listener who doesn't know that you can't hear subtonal qualities on an iPhone speaker, to the extreme $50,000 home stereo system, quote-unquote, audiophile. Um, there's a brand name that's going to be the subject of this week's episode. And um, as of yet, I'm not sponsored by any particular brand um, or any company for that matter. Uh, I'm doing this quite literally on a shoestring budget. Um with only my own personal thoughts and opinions influencing um, my own thoughts and opinions. Basically, experience and observation is how I move forward in things. Um, uh, I'll take your word for something, but until I experience it myself, I won't fully grasp the entirety or the dynamics of the situation. I'm not going to call bullshit immediately, but at the same time, I'm just not going to automatically assume your elaborate story is true. Most people are social creatures and we love telling stories and we love, you know, embellishing and elaborating on everyday mundane things. And we all want to be heroes. We all want to be the star of the room. And unfortunately, we all can't be. But this leads to a lot of people exaggerating and over-embellishing things and their emotions, first and foremost, come to the fore. And with these emotions comes, as usual, in every facet of life, bad decisions. It's not our fault. We're humans. We're emotional creatures. We're one of few species on Earth to experience emotions. Uh, we share company with uh, other primates, monkeys, chimpanzees, apes, um, and also dolphins and whales and other sea creatures with high intelligence. 
we cannot easily separate what we feel to be the truth in a particular matter from what is known to be the truth in a particular matter. This goes from politics to music to how we perceive ourselves. And like I said, we all want to be a hero in some way. We all want to be the center of attention, most of us. Those extroverted individuals out there especially. Uh, unfortunately, that just can't be the case, but we're going to try anyway because we just want our 15 minutes of fame or we just want to be noticed or, hey, I know something. I'm not dumb. How many times have you heard your friends, I'm not stupid, man, or I'm not dumb. Who do you think I am? You know, yeah, most of us are pretty dumb, and that's okay. The average IQ is 100. <laughs> or you know, we're all average, basically. Um, I'm not putting myself above or below, and I'm not putting you above or below. I'm just saying in general, we're all average. Um, I know a little bit more about a little bit different things than most of the people around me. I pay attention to things that most people don't pay attention to. And that affords me a different set of knowledge and skills. Those same people pay attention to different things than I do and observe different things, and that affords them a different set of skills and attributes and knowledge. So when I when I when I'm what I'm getting at here is I'm laying the foundation for something that has been a controversy my whole life. Really. Um, and I didn't get into the game until yeah, probably my mid-30s. I didn't get into the argument, if you will. Um, a lot of people ask me, um, because I love listening to music, I focus on the audible more than the visual because of um, an inherent disability that I was born with. It limits my eyesight and I don't talk about that I don't focus on it but you know I'd rather hear something than try to squint and see an imperfect image of it because through my eyes imagery is imperfect and no matter how beautiful the painting I will never see it the way other people do um, I won't be too completely blind to it but I won't be completely absorbed from it. So when I say I don't like art, it's just that I I just never really adopted a love for it because I know with my inherent visual uh, impairment, there's no way that I could fully see the art in its own context or in the way the artist perhaps meant it to be. Um, having no problem hearing things, I don't experience that same feeling with music. Music reaches me the same way art reaches others. And that's fine. 
That's, I mean, you know, there's no right or wrong here. This is completely subjective. So when I talk about brand names and I talk about this, and I'm not, I'm going to focus on one particular phenomenon. I'm focused on one particular brand of re- audio reproduction, and I just want to make sure context is put in place, so you know that. I'm not a fanboy. I'm not letting my emotions decide my feelings about this particular brand and the situation it presents itself in. And also, I don't let the emotions filter bad products from good and good products from bad. Um, I let my ears decide what is good and what is bad. And quite honest with you, I've invested a crap ton of money, just making sure I can hear something the way I think I shouldn't hear it. And um, audio reproduction also extends to the live stage, the auditorium, um, projecting a voice, projecting instruments, and how that's done. Now, in this episode, um, I'm going to keep things very basic. Okay, because I'm approaching this as if you don't really know a lot, but you'd like to about the the, the technicalities of audio. So when I say that I'm keeping it simple, that's for your benefit. Um, it doesn't say necessarily one way or another about where I'm coming from. Um, because I'm just used to doing things the hard way, and that's not necessarily good um, when you're trying to teach people. So, having said that, let's jump right in here and um, talk about the brand and the phenomenon that has surrounded the brand. The brand you've probably heard of is one... Bose Corporation. Yes, Bose. The infomercial about the Kusta Wave radio in the 90s and the noise-canceling headphones. and You know, totally, totally saturated uh, the market back in the 90s with what seemed to be gimmicky products. Now, I say that with the preference of seemingly gimmicky products. Um, the Acoustamass uh, stereo speaker system uh, with the small little satellite speakers and the separate subwoofer tucked away... Um, Seems like a gimmick, but you know it worked. And there was uh, there was a lot of design behind that setup, as 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 what I have found later to be a flawed, as flawed as it was, but not terribly flawed, um, just slightly flawed. And uh, so the average listener looks at Bose as a high-end product, okay? 
the average listener looks at uh, any Bose speaker setup as wow, you know, that's 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 top brand, you know, because you don't see Bose uh, as being cheap. If you've bought anything from Bose, you know that nothing they offer to the market is cheap. And that'll come in as we go. The, 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 the price point will come into play here as I set this up. And I'm, I'm late to the, I'm late to releasing this because I, I did a deep dive on this one. Um, I haven't, I, I wanted to separate my own emotion from the actual phenomenon that happened. And I've discovered some things. And, um, so it was a day late because I just wanted to wrap it all up and try to formulate a summary in my mind of how to project this very complicated problem, if you will, down to the meat and potatoes of the situation, down to its most simplest philosophical form. And uh, I think I'm able to do that now. And... Uh, from time to time, that's going to happen. You, you might receive the episode on a Monday instead of a Sunday. And that's fine because don't really have a lot of listeners at this point anyway, but you're out there. Okay, so Bose is perceived by the general audience as a high-end product. Okay. Yet, the folks who call themselves audiophiles, and they call themselves this, I'm an audiophile, uh, don't like bows, okay? They, they, they snub bows. In fact, there's a, there's a saying, you know, um, no highs, no lows, must be bows, Okay? To, which is a derogatory to me. That's like okay, no highs, no lows, high mid range, great for guitar playing. Uh, but that's not meant to be a positive comment or phrasing towards the company. Now, Bose himself was a professor at MIT. He was a highly educated audio engineer. Okay, and that comes into play as we go. Uh, as an engineer, uh, Bose is designed not just a not just a set of speakers you buy. They're usually a Bose. Bose is an environment like Apple, for example. You. You buy Apple, it works best with your MacBook laptop. And, well, you want to go get a tablet to kind of curl up on the couch with. You got an iPhone and you've got this MacBook. Might as well go ahead and get that uh, that iPad, you know. Kind of the same thing. Except where Apple sees it as a garden a walled garden marketing ploy to sell products Bose went at it to ensure that that average listener would experience the best possible audio reproduction in their living room without having to be a self-proclaimed audiophile now me 
I've always liked analog. And excuse me, y'all know I do these things late, so you're just gonna have to pardon me. Um, Dion's, I'll try not to do it. Okay, so me personally, one my first real expensive analog stereo was a Pioneer, and I still have it to this day. Uh, it's Pioneer. And uh, I've got the whole set of the floor standing speakers, the separate amplifier, the separate tuner, separate phonograph. Um, I've got everything. I mean, it's just, I got a really good deal at it at a yard sale. I bought the stereo first. And then right down the road, a couple years later, at another yard sale, uh, I found a set of speakers that matched it perfectly. And I was very proud to own it. And it's very nice. Is it super high end? No, it's not super high end. And I approach my experience with listening to music as, as I enjoy it. Because when I listen to music, I, I like to have my system as if it were... A upper middle class teenager who either earned what he had or she had, in my case, he earned what he had. And, you know, he's the older brother and, you know, uh, he had his own, he had his own room. His younger brother shared the room with the two younger, you know, and he had a really nice stereo that he could afford as a teenager. And uh, his record collection. Uh, and I kind of think of in the mid 70s, what would, you know, what would an 18, 19 year old first job, senior in college, for, um, or senior in high school, first year of college, still living at home, what, what kind of stereo would he have in his room? And that that's not just, you know, mom and dad got this and it's, it's, you know, out of the Sears catalog. You know, he took some time to really think about it. That's my approach, okay? I call myself an audiophile because if, um, if budget wasn't a problem, uh, I know what I would have. And it wouldn't be much different. It would just be better... Uh, better models of the same type of system. And I've, I've got no problem with that. However, these days, um, in a digital world, and as I get older and more discriminatory as far as what I'm willing to tolerate and what I'm not willing to tolerate, I've learned a lot about listening to music. And that brings us back to Bose. Those audiophiles that I consider myself a peer of hate Bose because they feel like Bose doesn't represent audiophiles. It represents everybody else, you know. And the audiophile can distinguish the limitations that Bose offers, okay. You know, and Bose has a different de design approach to their speakers than anybody else, even Klipsch. Clips are probably, they're my favorite speakers, and they're they're probably the most high-end 
And I don't think any audiophile out there would argue with that. I've got a set of clip clip studio monitors uh, right here on my desk that I use as computer speakers that are hooked up optically to to my uh, to my Mac, and uh, they are absolutely amazing. Um, I have no complaints with these speakers, except uh, I wish I had a little more room to spread them out further. So having said that, I'm not, I let my ears do my decision making as far as what sounds good and what doesn't sound good. And uh, I don't have 100% experience with Bose, okay? Um, but what I do have is experience in listening to music. And... In in listening to music, I know what sounds good, and I and I've got a pair of Bose speakers that I'm just not using right now. But uh, in listening to music, I know what sounds good, and I know what doesn't. Okay, and the average person focuses too much on the low end. Beats headphones sound like crap to me because there's no high end. It's all it's all muddy down with the bass. And while it's true, it's hard to reproduce bass frequencies in headphones, it's equally as hard to produce treble tones. And it's easy to fool somebody into thinking you've got high-end headphones when you've got good lows, you know, the good, rich, low-end frequencies. So your bass sounds like bass, you know. But what I like about the clips is, like I said, I haven't had a lot of experience with Bose's, Bose, but I know I know the setup with Bose, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the Bose have a different design. Okay, so with the Clipses, what I like about Clips, I've got two. I've got the Pro Audio, uh, the Pro Media 2.1 uh, Clips computer speakers on my Windows machine, and I've got these Clips the six is six inch um two hundred watt total um studio monitors uh on my uh on my Mac. And between both different designs, what I like about the clips is, is when you hear a hi hat and drum set, you hear the hi hat and the drum set. And when I'm listening to Kid Rock or when I'm listening to Tupac or I'm listening to some Hell, I don't know, some Yellow Wolf or uh, anything, any kind of hip-hop that's, you know, it's got that drop bass in it. I feel it. Not only hear it, I feel it. Okay. So uh, the, the lows, the mids, and the highs come at you pretty hard. And I really like that. Especially loud volume. You don't have clipping or any kind of distortion. Uh, you'll knock stuff off the wall before the speaker will distort. And I love that. Um, I like listening to loud music once in a while. I like playing guitar loud once in a while. And I've played my guitar through these clipses, uh, through amp modeling and whatnot. And I have found that they sound amazing. Okay. But Bose approaches things in a different way. Now, the, now, clips come from the same kind of 
cloth from the 70s that posed it. You, you know, they don't make stereo components. They just make speakers. And they just focus on um, high-end audio reproduction. But Bose wants to approach things differently. Bose knows that in order to get the most out of their speakers, the way they're designed, that you're going to need proper components, okay? You're going to need an EQ, okay? Well, most audiophiles, they'll have an EQ with 20 sliders on under 20 knobs, and they'll adjust each frequency in the way it's supposed to go. But you, your average person doesn't know what all that means. It takes rocket science to figure it out. Suppose does this for you in a lot of ways, you know, and uh, they want to make sure that enough wattage is pushed to the speaker um, to experience it properly. Now, they're, they're the high-end Bose speakers that are mostly frowned upon are the 802 series and the 901 series. I have a set of Series 2 901s. Um, uh, they're excellent speakers. I just don't have the room to use them. So what you... They're, they're designed in a specific way, okay? There's no tweeters and there's no, so, there's no woofers. It's just mid-range speakers. So just plugged into a regular stereo setup without the whole system set up properly, you're going to... Uh, you're going to experience the no highs and no lows because they're mid-range drivers in a setup n known as an array. You've got a bunch of them, okay? With the 90, with the 802s, we're going to talk a lot about the 802s, which are my favorite Bose speakers. Uh, the 802s are eight two-inch. Is it two inch? Think it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's see, two inch or four inch. I forget exactly. It's been a it's been a hard minute since I've actually seen the schematic on those. But uh, you got eight of them per side. Okay, at your most basic setup, and they're all mid range. And you have a special controller or EQ. Okay, now what's supposed to happen here is you're supposed to have this EQ. The system's not going to sound right. The speaker set's not going to sound right if it's not all set up. Now, technically, they want you to have Bose recommends two per side. So you have 16 on each side. Okay. And they're 250 watts per eight. At 8 ohms, okay? And they're not going to sound good unless you're pushing all 250 watts to them, okay? So you, Bose wants you to standardize your system so they know you're listening to it the proper way, okay? 
so the array setup is you get a bunch of smaller speakers with um, capabilities of high wattage, okay, to move a lot of air, respectively. Now, we, what happens with a smaller speaker is you don't get a lot of mud. You don't get a lot of loose, uh, what, what I call a flappy tone. And when I play the bass, of the electric bass, um, I kind of shy away from the 15-inch amps or the 15-inch speaker cabinets and stick to the 10-inch as a preference because the 15-inch is too woofy. It's too woof-woof-woof-woof-woof. You know, it's not as tight. It's looser. So Bose says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have an array. We're going to have a lot of these smaller speakers so it's a tighter, a, more, a tighter um, experience. The, the sound comes at you tight. Yet there's going to be sacrifice to highs and lows. Okay, so how do we, how do we address this? Uh, well, the limitation there is most people they don't want to buy they don't want to buy this controller and they don't want to buy the Bose amp to go along with it. Uh, they just want the speakers because you know all the other manufacturers don't require all this extra gear. Or you're going to beat the man. You know I'm going to get around all this marketing BS and just buy the speakers because that's just what I want. I don't need all that other stuff. And then when you get them home and you set them up. Like they're normal speakers, what do you think? They don't sound right because Bose didn't engineer their speakers without these other components. Like I said, it was engineered as a system. I'm going to tell you something. This goes back to price, okay, and, and the reason the Bose speakers are so expensive. The 802s are 98 percent efficient 98 percent efficient at reproducing sound no one can reach a hundred percent there's nobody that can do that a lot of people come close 93 94 percent and that's good but when you when you reach the 98 percent you're two three points away from perfection, uh, there's a lot that goes into that. The type of copper used in the windings, the type of glue, the type of paper that the that the speaker cones made out of, the metals, the type of grill cloth that's used, uh, the placement of everything, everything, and you're not compromising at all. You've designed, as Bose, a speaker system that is 98% accurate in reproducing the sound that's put through it versus hearing the same thing live, okay? So what the controller does, okay, here's, here's the magic in Bose 802s and 901s for that matter. The speaker's going to push mid-range automatically, okay? The amp's going to drive the, the wattage, and the, because of the nature of the speakers in the array setup, they're, they're going to push the mid-range air easily, effortlessly, okay? 
But where the engineering and the 98% accuracy comes into play is the controller. The, the amplifier guarantees that the speakers get the amps that they need, the, the watts that they need. The controller guarantees the magic. And the magic is this. The controller forces more wattage to the highs and it forces more wattage to the lows. Okay? It pushes those speakers beyond their designed capabilities. Okay? And because everything is engineered at 98% accuracy, you're not going to damage these speakers. This is what they're designed to do. Okay? So you're pushing everything right at the envelope of what it's of what's humanly possible. Okay. Then that is when you hear nearly perfection. You hear the gates of heaven open up and the classical orchestra sounds like they're right in front of you and the instruments are everywhere. Now, speaker placement is also important. The 802s are more designed for Live performance, okay, vocals especially. Um, when I get them, it's going to be, I'm going to use them for uh, amp modeling, you know, so when I go play out or do live shows on the, on the Facebook or whatever, I don't have to drag heavy amps everywhere. I just have my amp modeler plugged into these um, 802s with, with the Bose amplifier and the Bose controller. And, uh, you know, I could basically have the whole whole band run through the 802s, you know, my backing track if I'm playing for one, with one. And uh, that's the magic, okay? And bows aren't designed for a magic sweet spot either. They're not designed for you to sit in the center and have the speakers pointed at you at 45-degree angles. They're designed to scatter that sound throughout the room like they would be in an ambient setting in a live situation. So that's, that's the gist of where I'm going with this. And I want to go ahead and cut to the news. And then uh, afterwards, I'm going to talk some more about this. I'm going to talk about the 901s, and I'm going to talk about play, speaker placement and everything. But... First, we're going to talk about the news. Uh, I've kind of ran long on this segment, which is fine. Um, there's no rules here, but I kind of want to stay on track. I don't want to derail this conversation. So I'm going to cut to the news real quick, do the news. Um, I'm not sure what that's going to be all about, but we'll find out pretty soon. And I will see you after the news break. And, you know, stick around for the news. Who knows what we'll find. All right, be back after the news, and uh, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Thank you. And now for the news. All right, the news. Let's see what we got. All right. As you know, I just wing the news. I don't really go too far into it as far as prep goes. Um, now this is going to be audio news, music news mainly, um, 
as y'all know, I really don't do the current events on this particular uh, podcast, but we'll see what we we have. Music news. Let's see. Okay. Um. Let's see. Um, Jack White played a surprise London rooftop set to celebrate openings of Third Man Records. Kind of think that's been done before. Uh, Eddie Vedder does an REM cover, uh, Pretenders and Ahona at Ahona Festival. That's pretty cool. Global Citizen Festival 2021 live stream. How to watch Elton John Coldplay BTS online. I don't know what BTS is. Uh, that sounds like something I'm not allowed to watch. Uh, let's see here. Tony Awards 2020. Who watches award shows anymore? That's something I really don't pay attention to is, is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, and Music Awards. I like who I like. I hear good bands. I don't need an award just to, 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 to quantify their, their good. Status quo basis Alan Lancaster has passed away at age 72. That absolutely sucks. Uh, garbage was among those playing tribute to booking agent Steve Strange, who passed away at age 53. That's terrible. Ariana Grande requests restraining order against alleged stalker. Why am I not surprised? Why is it always these pop females that have the stalkers? It's like, I don't ever remember a freaking uh, Ronnie Van Zant or freaking, you know, Billy Gibbons having a damn stalker. I mean, it's always these weird pop females that have the stalkers, like Taylor Swift and Junk. Okay, um, let's see what's in rock music news, since, uh, is rock music declining? Yes, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> That's why I hate the news. <laughs> Uh, but we got to do it. We got to do the news, man. We got to because I got to tell y'all what's going on. You know, got to hear me rant about it, you know. Uh, let's see. MTV Music News. Do we want it? Do we want to go to MTV for news? Hmm. I don't think so. Let's see what's on Billboard. Uh... Didn't really do a lot of news last week, and y'all seem to like my billboard rants. So let's uh let's see what we got here. Uh, 
Drake certified lover boy beats Lil Nax X Montero in tight UK chart race. Um, Lil Max X, Lil Nax X. Um, work on that, would you? Okay, let's go back to Britney. Really trying to support Britney this uh, as she uh, struggles through her issues. Uh, this is nothing but a puff piece about her Instagram. Never mind, it's not about her case. Oh shit! Copyrighted music. Whoa, where'd you come from? Shut up. Um. You didn't hear none of that. That's copyrighted music. And NBC Music News. What do they know about anything? Oh, wow. Roberto Rona. Legendary salsa musician. Dies at age 81. Dang. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, they really pulled the plug on her. And, uh... Kudos, kudos Nicki Minaj, man. Not a fan of her music or a lot of her opinions, but I will defend her right to speak out against whomever she wants to. I'm not going to go into that because uh, this is not a political podcast and, uh, you know, yeah, I don't seem to like it when I go on non-related tyrants. So, judge dismisses ex-girlfriend's lawsuit against Marilyn Manson. This is justice. Um, I have to say, uh, I have to say this is justice. Um. I'm not going to go into it. Basically, he, you know, they tried to throw him a Me Too situation with one of his ex-girlfriends. She waited forever, as they all seem to do, before she wanted to say anything to anybody. Um, I'm not saying that they're all scandalous liars, but, you know, Bill Cosby thing is true, okay? I read the affidavit on some unsealed settlement documents, uh, he admits it. He admits what he did. And uh, so that's true. My only concern or question would be, why wait 30 years, 40 years to speak up? You know, um, it's really hard to get justice, and it's real hard to get clarity from witnesses after 30, 40 years. I'm trying to think of what I was doing 30 years ago. Hmm, 30 years ago, I was 15. That's a long time ago, man. <laughs> uh, so you're waiting a long time for what? Why are you waiting? Um, Firefighters rescue Reba McIntyre after stairwells collapse in Oklahoma building. Now that's interesting. Love Reba. 
Firefighters and police in southeast Oklahoma came to the rescue of country music superstar Reba McIntyre on Tuesday after stairwells in historic building fell, trapping her inside. McIntyre and her team were checking out an old historical building in Atoka, about 130 miles southeast of Oklahoma City. Oh, man, she's doing some urban exploring. She's doing, she's checking out some abandoned buildings. You go, Reba. You just got to be careful. Uh, Okay, 130 miles north of Dallas. When a stairway collapsed, she told fans via Twitter. Okay, let me let me read her Twitter feed. It's right here. I'm not going to jump on Twitter. I hate Twitter. I don't use Twitter. Uh, so we're going to read it right here in its entirety. It's not long. As you know, it's Twitter. So let's see what she says about this. While my team and I were in Atoka, Oklahoma yesterday checking out an old historical building, I mean, it's a dilapidated building that's about to fall in. It's abandoned. Uh, A staircase collapsed. Thankfully, no one was seriously injured. We were safely evacuated from the building thanks to the quick response from the Atoka Fire and Police Departments. Thankfully, no one was seriously injured, she wrote. We were safely evacuated from the building thanks to the quick response from the Atoka Fire and Police. But she just said this. Why are you repeating it? McIntyre, boyfriend Rex Lynn, and other members of her team, y'all youngsters might call that an entourage, or in the hip-hop community, y'all's posse, uh, were on the second floor when two staircases fell in the downtown building that's under renovation, officials said. Okay. Why was she there? Why was she there? That's the big question. Why? Okay. Let's see. They tell us. We're about to wrap this up. The historic staircase between the second and third Second and third story collapsed. And when it did, it collapsed on the stairway going from the second to the first floor. Token emergency management director Travis Mullins told NBC affiliate KTN. There was no way for the seven people to get out of the building before firefighters arrived to lower everyone to safety with the ladder. It does not tell you what her team was doing in the building that was under construction, under renovation. Why was she there? (laughs) Why? That's what I want to know. Okay, she was rescued. I'm glad she's fine. Why was she there? Tell us. That's the news. That's the juice. Britney Spears' father files to end conservatorship after 13 years at helm of pop stars this day. 
That is the right thing to do. Jamie Spears filing says his daughter is entitled to have this court now seriously considered whether this conservator is no longer required. Oh, you greedy, greedy son of a gun. Oh, man. That's your own freaking daughter. You took advantage of, robbed her blind, drove her to freaking near madness. That's just, that's just insane to me. I'm going to, I'm going to forward this to my sister. Uh, My sister's been keeping up with this case. And it kind of feels like she may not know in particular uh, the latest there. Because the, the, the Gabby Petito case has kind of taken the limelight. Man photographed as baby on Nevermind cover. Sues Nirvana, alleging child pornography. Um, I don't like the cover. I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's pornography because it doesn't appear sexual in motivation. But if... I'm into, if I'm a pervert and I'm into kids like that, um, that would definitely be a problem. Um, I can see where that would be a problem. My man Kanye asked courts to legally change his name to Ye or Ye. Um, I like Kanye. He's trying Don Everly, half of the rock and roll. When is this? Dies at 84. This is back in August. Man, do y'all not update your website? Don Everly passed away. He was 84. Okay, yeah, we knew this. Why? I mean, Lord have mercy. I need to start checking the dates here. Have I been reading old news this whole time? Y'all write me. Y'all write me. Uh... Uh, and that's pretty much the news. But yeah, go ahead and write me. Tell me that I've been reading the news old this whole time. Uh, I'm going to get out of the news. I'm going to jump back into our original content for the show. And uh, y'all have fun with it. Hi there, this is The Bug. Just want to remind you, if you want to reach me at any point in time, I can be reached via email at bugdom at yahoo.com. Bugdom at yahoo.com. Again, for questions, feedback, or just general information, bugdom at yahoo.com. That's one word. And that was the news. All right. 
So that's where the magic happens with uh, with bows. You 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 have to apply the proper wattage, okay. And Bose guarantees this by using their amplifier. So you've got 500 watts per side, easy. Okay, so it's 250 per, we'll say, speaker array with the eight drivers in them. Okay, so it's 250 watts, and they recommend four. So that's 500 watts. That's 1,000 watts, okay? And you're going to need more than 1,000 watts because the controller is going to push the highs and the lows past their their intended target. So by doing this, what you have is a very, very well-executed reproduction of sound. I've done it. Now, their pro stuff, I like. Like I said, the 802s are professional speakers, and they're designed in such a way where the vibration of the cabinet itself, the closure that the speakers are in, come into play on how that sound is projected. Um, Klipsch's also do live sound very well. In fact... um, and uncle used to have a band way back in the day called Second Chance. And their tagline was, if you missed rock and roll the first time, here's your second chance. And uh, they're predominantly a cover band. It seems to me towards the end of their run, they were doing more original music. And I do like that name, Second Chance. Um, in fact, if I was to ever develop a band myself, I might ask them for permission to use that name. Um, I just, second chance. I mean, that just sounds like a famous band right off the get-go. And they're really good. My uncle, I have my uncle's guitars in his amp to this day. Um, I recently acquired them from him as he doesn't play anymore. Uh, which is kind of sad to me, but I felt honored that he he gave me the opportunity to purchase his gear because he knew it would be in a very well curated collection and very well taken care of. And uh, I just I just felt honored that that was the thing. That was just the thing to do. I mean, I couldn't imagine his stuff being in anybody else's hands. May not be the most talented hands, but. They're in the family, and if he ever wants to visit them or they want to visit him, per se, um, they know where to find each other, we'll say. But uh, they use Clips PA, uh, and it sounded absolutely amazing. Remember, I remember to this day, uh, their live sound was excellent. No feedback, sounded great at high volumes. Uh, remember they used to do the Rain Day Festival in our hometown. Uh, absolutely just killed it every time. Just excellent performance. Um, having said that, Bose, uh, Bose approaches things differently. And I'm okay with that. Um, like I said, when I start performing live more, 
um, I will gravitate to the 802 system of sound reproduction. Um, number one, I would go with clips. Like I said, they're my favorite based on what I've heard. Uh, but the problem with clips on the professional side of things is that they're very hard to get a hold of. And when you do get the professional hardware uh, for their PA uh, setup, it's very expensive. Very, very, very expensive. And it's just hard to get a hold of. And it's delicate at this point. Because I don't even think they produce pro audio gear at this at this point. So you got to find the vintage stuff, which, again, sounds amazing to me. If it sounded amazing back then, it's still going to sound amazing today. I mean, there's no getting around that. And... Uh, if you uh, are lucky enough to catch a movie theater when they're renovating, um, snatch up all their audio gear that they're that they're retiring. Um, that'd be the thing to do. That's what Grateful Dead did. Bob Heil um, originally set up their live performance. <laughs> set up and uh he used um theater gear huge huge wall of speakers i mean it's just crazy uh then punk rock came and uh punk rock came and live sound wasn't so important anymore punk rock bands didn't care about high-end audio and uh that's fine for for them uh, but it killed an entire market. So audio engineers were out of a job there for a long time. And now we're kind of doing it ourselves, aren't we? Uh, we're just kind of chugging along in our bedrooms and our basements, and we're doing a lot of this at home. And to be quite honest with you, we're doing a good job of it as a society. Um, you just can't really... Uh, My dad's world. My my dad's a gearhead. He's he's a muscle car nut, and he doesn't like the turbos and the tuners. And he always, and I always hear him say, growing up, there's no replacement for displacement. In other words, you've got a big ass Chevy big block in that under that hood. Your little turbo four banger is not gonna come anywhere close to it. You go big or you go home, and uh, for the most part that works. But nowadays, they're turbocharging those big ass big blocks. So, uh, it's just a different world we live in now. And uh, I hope this clears up some of the drama surrounding Pose as a speaker company. Uh, they have their place in my heart, um, just not at home or, you know, not my personal listening experience. And that's not any slight against them. It's just that, um, in fact, before I got these clipses, uh, I seriously considered, uh, excuse me, I seriously considered uh, Bo's setup and, um, Oh, it was a hard decision. 
Um, I read the reviews on these speakers here because I like the fact that they had the optical connector to them. That 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 kind of sold the deal for me, and they were self amplified too. They were they were powered. Uh, that was a nice handy thing because I don't have to fool with any volumes or preamps on the computer. I just use the volume on the mach- on the speakers itself, and that's it. And plus, they're Bluetooth enabled if I'm ready to do that, or a myriad of other kinds of inputs. Um, so if I ever want to move them off this Mac onto another platform, um, I could do that relatively easily. And uh, with that, I will uh, wrap this episode up. It was good talking to you all, and um, I hope that uh, I hope I cover a lot of ground here in the understanding of bows. I don't want to go into uh, frequency range responses and all that. I could, but uh, I don't want to. I have noticed though. Before I do go, uh, in my research, in my prep for this episode. I noticed a lot of folks that uh, frowned upon Bose, like on the YouTube videos and stuff, especially. A lot of these individuals did did an initial video where they frown all over Bose. Okay, and I found these helpful because I was hearing what their problems were with the Bose. Okay, so I'm listening. But as I went further down the rabbit hole... I discovered a lot of these folks came back a year or two later and did a follow-up video. Apparently, after they had a barrage of comments beating them up in in the YouTube comment section, or they had their own revelation. In one case in particular, it was the comment people. People in the comments knew more than the guy did, and they beat him up pretty hard, and he had to go back and revisit the whole thing. Uh, and he he is one of the first ones I've heard publicly acknowledge the fact that uh, you're doing it wrong. If you're going down the Bose road, you're doing it wrong. And if you're having a bad experience with Bose, it's not Bose's fault necessarily. That it's uh, it's your fault for overcomplicating and trying to. You're overcomplicating and simplifying at the same time. You're simplifying in the sense that you think it's the speaker's design problem, that it's the speaker's fault. And you're overcomplicating it because you think as an audiophile, there's a particular way and you need this, that, and the other thing to have a good experience listening to music. You're making your own great experience complicated, way too complicated, And you're oversimplifying the design beauty, the design elegance of Bose for what they are. And um, I try not to do that. Like I said, I've got no problem with Bose. I was torn, really, between these clips and Bose. And the Bose almost won if it hadn't been for that optical input. Uh, But I'm not complaining. These clips sound amazing, and in all real reality, they probably sound way better than the Bose speakers I was looking at. Um, primary reason for looking at the Bose was the form factor. Uh, I've got extremely limited space on this platform that I'm on now, and how can I maximize that? 
you know, I sacrificed a lot of desk space for a whole lot of quality audio, and it's worked out for me so far. Um, I can listen to any genre of music, and it sounds excellent. The highs sound high, the mids sound mid, and the lows sound low. And Bose is no different. You just you're just gonna have to approach it differently than you would other speaker setups, and that and that's the problem. They're not standard fare. And uh, I hope this helps. If you're in the market for a speaker setup uh, and you want to go the Bose route, Bose pretty much are plug and play for the most part. Uh, my friend Geo would probably lump them into a category he hates, um, which he calls home theater in a box. And I'm with him on that. I hate the concept of home theater in a box. I like a nice custom setup specifically designed to listen to your audit, whether it's a movie or music. And, uh, Bose could fall into that very easily because of the whole, you know, the, the walled garden experience that you get. And it's not the marketing strategy that they're going after when they do this. It is primarily an insurance policy that the 98% efficiency that they got, that they invested in, uh, you're not going to bitch about it because you didn't do it right. And they don't have the time to sit here and teach you whenever they sell you a pair of speakers. You know, you there although that's not a bad idea to have a class go along with the purchase of how to properly set up your room. Um, speaker placement is something else. Um, the 901s are not designed to be front facing at you. They're designed to be in the corner of each room about a foot or two out from the corner. And uh, it's called a passive reflective uh, array. And uh, it's supposed to utilize your wall as a part of the system to to bounce certain high frequencies off the wall back to you. And low frequencies come at you directly in a more direct way. And... Uh, Speaker placement makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. You know, how you, how those speakers project that sound and where they project it to is the difference of night and day on whether you're going to have a good experience or not. Everything else notwithstanding. So, um, I think I covered everything I needed to cover in this episode. Um, there might be a follow-up based on y'all's feedback. Uh, there'll be a promo for the email after I sign off. Uh, there's one in the beginning and one at the end of the news segment. And I'll drop another one. It'll, it'll give y'all the email address where you can send me to, to feedback. And uh, I'll be glad to hear what y'all have to say. And I had fun doing this episode. I really did. I had fun going down the rabbit hole and understanding Bose a lot better than I did. I always kind of knew that was a setup because, like I said, I own 901s. Uh, and I know, you know, I know there's a history there of people not really liking those speakers. But I, I learned how to set them up properly. And like I said, I just don't have the room to do it right now. 
Um, but they're they're new in the box. I, I purchased them from the original owner, so I got a heck of a deal on them. In fact, the tulip stands that go with them cost more than I paid for the freaking speakers themselves. And uh, one day, uh, I'll talk about setting those up when I get to it. And hopefully that'll be a good episode too. Although, you know, video might help y'all understand a little better. But, you know, a show about audio should be in audio format. So... I'll work on that down the road at some point. But right now, just uh, just to kind of think about it. Think about how you listen to music and think about, you know, don't listen to everybody. Use your own noggin. What sounds good to you and go with that. And remember, don't just focus on the low frequencies. How those highs sound too. How those cymbals, how those hi-hats on those drums sound. You know, that's important too. It's, it's balance. You know, you want a good flat frequency response. You want to hear everything equally. And that's what an equalizer does. And ho- a good, I've always was under the school of thought that um, if you set your system up properly, uh, there's no reason for you to have uh, an equalizer. If you've got the right speakers and you're pushing the right wattage through those speakers and everything's set up the way it's supposed to be, there should be no reason for you to have an EQ. And I can't stand when people EQ bands just because they want to hear more guitar. They went, no. The band did all that shit in the studio. They, it sounds the way it sounds the way they wanted to. You listen to it flat. Now, I will use compression or modulator um, and that's volume only. Um, and that just evens out the volume. It doesn't, you know, accentuate one or the other. So, like I said, uh, I wrap this up. There'll be an email promo. Use the email. Um, just feel free to drop me a line using that email address. It'll be at the very end. It's just the same one in the beginning, same one after the news, and... Same one here. Just uh, drop me a line. Let me know what's going on. And I will see you all next time. And I do apologize for being a day late. But I hope it was worth it. And I'm Bug signing out from WBUG Studios in Tuscaloosa. Y'all have a blessed night. Hi there. This is the Bug. Just want to remind you, if you want to reach me at any point in time, I can be reached via email at bugdom at yahoo.com. Bugdom at yahoo.com. Again, for questions, feedback, or just general information, bugdom at yahoo.com. That's one word.